Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and passed over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the Afterlight. I'm joined today by Layla Taylor. She is a Reiki master, Akashic reader, intuitive guide, and RN. Layla struggled with years of anxiety and depression until she underwent a series of intense spiritual awakenings, reawakening to her own spiritual connection. Her modalities include the Akashic records, intuitive, and Reiki sessions, as well as connecting with archangels, extraterrestrials, ascended masters, and spiritual guides. Layla utilizes these connections to spread guidance about healing, intuition, consciousness, embodiment, and ascension to others. Layla's ability to work as a spiritual channel allows her to connect deeply with those struggling to see their own spiritual connection intuitive abilities, and self-love. Layla currently offers intuitive Reiki sessions, Akashic readings, and is currently channeling a self-guided course to help heal, embody, and connect into your own soul guidance and spirit team. And she's joining me today. We're going to be talking about, well, a variety of things, really. We're going to be talking about the W word, worthiness. We're going to go into talking about intuition. We're going to talk as well, if we have time about the Akashic records and really about how you can fast track your own healing. Layla, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited too. And I know that I kind of stumbled over extraterrestrial. That is such a word. Let's see if we can talk about that today too, because I think channeling, you know, different spirit guides and, you know, um, entities to really assist us on the journey is just such a fascinating conversation. Before we get into that, though, let's go back and then we'll go forward. So where did your spiritual journey kick off? Have you always been a spiritual person or did it sort of start off with um, with some of your challenges with dealing with anxiety and, and also depression? Yeah. So I think I always felt energy. I always felt spirit. Um, and I grew up in a really strong kind of religious household. And so for me, it was, um, I started to associate everything that I was feeling and sensing with being something negative or dark trying to trick me. And so it really started to um, up my fear and my distrust in myself and confusion of why this was always happening to me. Why was I always feeling this? Why was I always being tricked? 
Um, and I was just naturally a more of a shy kind of um, child growing up. And so, you know, going along my life, I, you know, had really created for myself this persona of the hard worker, of, you know, doing, being the good one, getting everything right. And it kind of started when I was um, in my late teens, I had my first uh, child and it kind of broke um, the mold of what I thought thought was going to be acceptable for the world. And it kind of broke me down emotionally. And then it all started like this. Um, I was having a lot of mental roller coasters and feeling really up and down. And, you know, I went to professionals, got diagnoses, diagnoses and medications, but every medication had a really bad like reaction um, where it was like life-threatening each time I would have to stop. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not supposed to be on these medicines. There's no help for me. You know, I was just always so overwhelmed by the environment. And I was always afraid that I was hearing something, sensing something. Um, and so I just stopped, you know, trying it all. And there was a moment, it was in 2012, where I'm in nursing school and, um, you know, outside everything looks really good for everyone, actually. You know, I'm the funny one. I'm the one to take care of everyone. In 2012, I was crying and I felt a hand in my holding me. I thought it was my husband, but it was actually my grandmother who had passed years before. Oh. This is my first time seeing like a full, you know, just apparition and feeling her hand. And she looked beautiful. And there was one thing that she told me telepathically is that, you know, everything's going to be okay now. So much so that I crawled out to my husband crying and told him and that, and really it did. Um, what happened is my mood started to balance out and life started to get easier. And I went on being um, a nurse and doing really well in, in that, um, uh, that path. And then in 2018, I had a tooth pulled and bizarrely, I had my whole face kind of like, kind of go numb where it was like feeling like almost like a, like a dead face. Like I would touch it. I wouldn't feel it. Went to a neurologist. They didn't know what happened. But when my sensation started to come back, I started to see everything. Um, meaning spirit. I was seeing everyone's chakras on their body, um, their auras. I was oh. seeing like lights and colors around me. Like I could look at it and it would come to me. And then like in the hospital where I was working, I was seeing like spirit around people and I was hearing spirit. And so it started this journey of, okay, something's happening and I got to figure it out. And it's right in front of my face now. Like I can't deny it anymore. And so it really just led me down the path to absorb all kind of information and knowledge. So podcasts, books. And the only thing I knew about spirituality was like the Long Island medium on TLC. And I was like, right. oh, medium spirituality, right? <laughs> And so I just started going down that path and I started doing mediumship and all a whole bunch of stuff. I saw that it came really easy to me. Um, but the fear and the self-doubt and the worry that I was doing something wrong was always an undercurrent throughout this whole experience of, wow. uh oh, am I doing something wrong here? Okay. So many things to talk about. This is so exciting. Uh, number one, I want to know, you know, you kind of talked about how when your grandmother held your hand that that really propelled you know, you kind of forward into the healing process. Do you think that that had anything to do with it? Was it that comfort? Was it that reassurance? Were you kind of aware, wait a minute, there's something greater than my situation happening here? Was it a culmination of all those things? I think I didn't in the forefront, even think in that way. 
Um, it's not as though I saw it and I was like, oh, this means that there's more out there and I, I should keep living. Like I was getting to the point where I was like, I wanted to, you know, I couldn't figure out how to keep living, you know? And it wasn't in the forefront of my mind that during that experience at that time, but as I went on and especially in 2018, I started to realize that I was given this second chance and it clicked something for me. Um, One thing that I kept hearing in readings that have gone past is that she said, I had forgotten who I was and she needed to, she was too spread out and she had to call her energy back in. And so um, it was really, I think that spurred me. I felt like I had, that was a possible different timeline trajectory, even exit point that I might've been going down. And I decided to, with that interaction, Get, was given a second chance to do something different. And it required me to be at that very low level of pain to make that shift. So I feel like it was just this beautiful divine, you know, introduction into something else, but I didn't even know the significance of it at that time. Mm, that's so good. You really mentioned something that's a really pretty big subject. Can you talk a little bit about what you meant by exit point and do believe that we get a couple of them throughout our life? I do do believe that we have a couple of them. And I think it has to do with what direction we take um, in regards to um, our our soul path or our soul plan. Um, uh, The exit point being a point in which I could choose to leave the, you know, physical body. um, And, you know, I've had my experiences and my lessons, and then I would choose what I would do um, in my next physical incarnation if I decided to come back into the body. Um, so, you know, it's this point of time where, you know, certain people might get into an accident and that could be a possible, you know, in, you know, 2035, a possible exit point, depending on what their soul and higher self want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not as usually consciously aware of that kind of like um, possibility, but our higher self and soul is kind of already creating this, you know, uh, master plan of what we're going to experience. Right. So, uh, and can we just confirm whether or not, would you have been talking about completing suicide or would you have been talking about potentially maybe getting sick and that would be the exit point? Uh, no, I, I never thought of, so it would have been possible like ending my life, but I never had, I always knew it was wrong. Yeah. You know, I always knew like it didn't feel right in my body, but I knew I couldn't keep living like this. So what really what I was doing is thinking like, how can I get the people around me who love me to leave? Because it was too painful for me to be so painful around them. Um, So there's times I thought of certain things, but I was like, no, but it was literally like I was um, like I was destructing inside. It just felt like thousands of buildings being, you know, blown up and just demolished every time inside my body. But yeah, that was the point of where I was at. Like that I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then we know that, you know, would have manifested into something disease or something, you know, but you chose differently. And that's the thing. One of the thing that you brought up a couple of times now, and I feel like our listener at home might really, you know, be able to connect to this or be interested as I am. You did talk about how, you know, you sometimes felt that it was maybe unnatural or uncomfortable for you to be seeing, you know, these spiritual apparitions to be going down this track. I think you you used terms, something along the lines of feeling like that it was bad or it wasn't, it wasn't a positive thing. So I guess, you know, when I'm hearing you tell that story, it's making me 
feel that you were programmed on some level to to think that these things outside of yourself or that there's this whole other world happening is not you know okay so I guess I'm wondering you know have you been able to get rid of those thoughts how does that sort of happen and and do you have to go back to why you think was the root cause of that or yeah what's a little bit about your opinion in relation to that yeah um I think that was actually the biggest the biggest thing that I've had to get through um one of the biggest things um I did grow up in a really strict um religious household in which uh the punishment was really kind of intensely religious based of how it would be performed. And so for me, um, I always had this beautiful connection to God and I, and I, but I didn't resonate with the teachings that were being taught, but I was taught that if you ever sensed or saw anything, that it was the devil tricking you. And so, you know, I kind of just continually felt, so I continually felt being like I was being tricked. And so like when I started opening up and I was saying how I was having this sense of, this isn't right. It was this undercurrent. It's almost as though my whole being was vibrating with pure love. Cause that's what you experience when you connect into this, you know, the beautiful energy of your soul and spirituality, but there was a deep like rooting in my solar plexus uh, down low in my body that felt like it was like twisting. And it felt like that, you know, that other voice that's on, you know, the ego or on your shoulder that's saying, are you sure this is yeah. really kind of you know that, you know, it comes in many forms, but thankfully through time and also through actually speaking to my family members about how this conversation and what I experienced made me feel, it's um, helped to get through some of that um, deep rooted fears. Not only that, but I had a lot of past lives that were connected to, um, this kind of programming and religious programming. And it was really something that I feel like, um, I was supposed to come into this life and help other people clear by clearing myself. And so now, like, as I am right now at this day, I feel like I actually just released something just last week on this. And I was like, Oh, I thought I had already released that. And it's like, you release little layers, you know, mm -hmm. and you're able to move further and further in. And then another wave of it comes up another, you know, layer of the healing comes up and I'm, I'm not as triggered, but I'm still triggered a little bit. I'm like, okay, let me feel into this. Like what else is there here for me to learn about this? Um, and then with the people that I work with, I see uh, in regards to my sessions and my course, I see that that's like, I'm like, oh, this is the root that we're getting at. This is this fear that we're doing something wrong. Um, so, yeah. So how would you remove the fear is about, is it about being awareness and then knowing that it can dissolve within your awareness? Uh, I also know about theta healing. So I know some people go in and they they watch the creator remove the program and replace it with a different one. Uh, is this something where, you know, even you access the Akashic records in order to help you to, to kind of heal that? How does it work for you? Yeah, I, well, um, for me, it kind of worked on like a multiple different, like, dim, like levels coming in, like a whole bunch of different modalities. But the main thing that um, really shifted, it was just awareness, awareness of it. And then also asking, um, where did it start from? So having an origination point. And so at first it was just childhood. 
And then as I continued to move further and go into the Akashic records, I began to see, okay, it's even further than just this childhood. Um, it's an awareness of a past life that I'm holding. Um, and then seeing how the family members that I have in this life played their role in other past lives as well. And so it made sense that I would choose these parents to come in with this kind of energy. But the main thing being awareness and then being the observer, which is something that's talked about a lot, but it's something that's really helpful is, yeah. you know, being aware of the emotion, asking where it came from, and then also asking, is it true? Like, okay, you, you, you know, you're feeling afraid because you think you're doing something wrong. Where was this taught? Okay. I remember when my, you know, parent told me that, and do I actually think it's true that I'm doing something dangerous? No. Okay. Stop for a moment. And then I would like hold myself. Okay. You're okay. I love you. You are all right. And, and I would kind of just soothe myself and then breathe through it and allow whatever emotion needs to come up and then be able to process further. And then there's so many other things like, you know, energy healing and meditation and, you know, journaling and just allowing the energy to flow to kind of release the little dams that we have in our stream of consciousness that is kind of blocking us. That's so good. That's so beautiful. And we will talk a little bit today too about worthiness. And we can't talk about worthiness without self-love and developing that connection to ourselves, which I know I struggle with on a regular basis. Cancel that. I'm working on <laughs> growing in self-love on a regular basis. Let's just say that. Yes. Or I am not working on it. Cancel that. I am doing this. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> So let me get that real clear before I talk anymore. Okay, so one of the things, you know, I really want to ask, um, ask you in a few minutes a little bit about how you access the Akashic as well, because I'm sort of interested. I know that everyone, you know, has their own sort of perspective and their own experience with that. Before we get into that, though, I do want to ask you a little bit about the role that discernment and also trust plays. So it seems to me that you're very self-aware um, and I would imagine that, you know, many people in the spiritual journey, we all are like that because we're aware that, you know, we're wanting to improve and, you know, we're kind of like aware of the synchronicities and all these things that are happening around us in our life to kind of <laughs> show us the things that need to be healed within ourselves. I guess my question to you is, you know, how do you learn to trust yourself and, and how do you learn to also discern, you know, when all these things are happening for you, I can't imagine that you would have been able to just talk to just anybody about what you were experiencing. I mean, you did mention yeah. books and podcasts, which would have supported that and made sense for you, but a lot of that reliance may have had to come from within. Yeah. And I think it did. Um, at first it will feel like that to most people. And I think it felt like that to me, it had to come through, um, just this bizarre feeling that even though your rational mind can be talking, there's this gut feeling like it's okay. And I think what that is, is like the energy and love of spirit that's coming through. That's like enough nutrition for you to keep feeding yourself on, even mm -hmm. though the rest of the world is like trying to hook something from you, um, or your own mind basically is trying to, you know, tell you, Hey, it's not okay. And the more and more I went on, the more and more magic and miracles I basically saw, like the more spirit would sh like just show me signs and what I would feel like were little ways, but weren't. And this is 
the interesting thing is when I really opened up, I was, I was, you know, I was a night nurse. And so I was really close with all my nurses that I worked with. And so I would immediately tell people because they knew me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm seeing this energy. And so they were interested as well. And so we would talk about it like a lot of nights actually. So I was really lucky in that extent. And then I was able to see like, okay, let me like try to connect in with your your parent, your grandfather that passed. Let me see what that's like. I had this boldness that I didn't necessarily ever have in life, but there was like this energy that came through me of this knowingness that just started permeating my being and it allowed me to, and I would walk away and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that, but it was great. Um, so, oh gosh, where was I going? Well, I was just going to say just so much bravery and so much courage. Yeah. Which I guess is all around the solar plexus, which is all around that self-trust. But it seems to me that you almost had this higher self. I, it's interesting. So I've been li- listening to Stuart Wilde and he's like, higher self. I don't separate higher self is who you are already, but we use higher self because it's just easier yeah. for us to understand. But exactly. it seems to me that you almost had in a way this badass version of yourself that came in and it was like, no, we're going to be who we are. And you started acting like that. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's what kind of shocked people a little bit um, because I was so open and just so like, I don't know, maybe it's because I felt like I knew it was important and it was, it was like, I got infused with my soul light. It came back into my body and I was able to be that person without needing to try to be it. I was still going through the healing and the emotional process, but there was a, um, an energy to me that was grounded in something higher than me that I wasn't able to understand, but I was just allowing it to come out. And it was because at that point I had created safety also, um, my husband is very interested in this stuff as well. He was never at first, but he was like, oh, this is cool. Let me try to do it. Um, so like he's on the same path that I am. I mean, he's, you know, connecting with his guides and angels. So we had this camaraderie. And I think that's what was really important too. I had my husband's support um, when it felt like I didn't have family support. Wow. That's such a big one. I'm getting actually goosebumps while you're talking about it as well. I love that infusing with your soul's light. I just think that is just so beautiful and so profound. And one of the things that I, I tend to sometimes struggle with, and I'm not sure if you can relate to this or, or I'm actually interested to whether or not you infuse with your soul's light and you've been able to go and remain in that consistently. But, you know, sometimes I struggle, I guess, with, uh, with, with being a, a powerful soul in a human body and learning how to navigate that, you know, and how to kind of, you know, be who I am unapologetically where my, my ego self wants to keep me small or make me second guess things or, you know, uh, rehash things that don't matter. Do you still deal with that sometimes as well? Or have you been Mm -hmm. able to kind of Say goodbye to that. I've had enough experiences that even when I do deal with it, I go through that momentary feeling, but it doesn't last long. You shift it off. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't stay in that like I used to. 
Um, but I mean, it hasn't actually been that long, but I kind of look at the years, I'm like, it hasn't been that long since I kind of started doing all of this, but it's almost like time like collapsed and did crazy things. And it's like, I felt like I had a thousand lifetimes within just a couple of years where I shifted things, but there is that part of me that still, I mean, I just cleared something a couple of days ago and I felt it clearing, um, that was needing to open up space for new light so I can move further into, you know, what I'm wanting to do, showing up more. Um, but I've noticed those clearings happen sometimes when, not when you expect them, you know, it's like you feel that shift and you feel that purge happen energetically, you know, where you yes. feel like, oh, I just released something. And it's like, okay. And then one of the biggest things that I think has been so helpful for me is my connection to my guides and my ability to connect into them to receive guidance on what's happening. Because if I wasn't able to connect with them, I think I would feel really lost actually. Um, but they'll say to me, oh, this is what's happening. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So they help guide me. Right. So I don't, I'm not just experiencing that, you know, release and then not knowing what's actually happening. The thing too, that you're talking about is that you're not doing it alone. And, um, you know, I'm sort of filling in the blanks here, but I'm under the impression as well, that when you're connecting with your guys, that you're able to almost look at things with an objective eye, as opposed to sitting in spiraling within the story. Would that be yes. fair? Oh yes. 100%. Because I spiral in the story and then I'll hear it, like take a breath and I'll be like, okay. Yeah. And I hear them so clearly that then they'll go and they'll show me like, you know, the image of raising up like an eagle. And they say, let's look at this differently. And so then they'll just speak so much wisdom and knowledge that at that point, I feel like a pacified, almost like you would pacify a child when they're moving through something. It's like, okay, now I, I feel safe. I can rest and I get something each time from it. So yes, it's that support that's so whether it's in the physical or if it's in, you know, the spiritual realm, having that connection is so important. Yeah, but what I'm hearing from you as well is that you're very self-aware and you're listening. And I know oh, that yeah. for myself, you know, my times of spiraling, you know, I will say sometimes it's not, it's it can be challenging and it'll go on longer than I wish it would. But, yeah. you know, years and years ago, I may have spiraled for way longer or had a physical reaction where I actually have to go to bed to try to, you know, break that. Now I can dissolve things pretty quickly, but I'm very aware sometimes where I'm going, wait a minute, I'm allowing this to continue to marinate or I'm allowing this to continue. And then we all have our strategies. You know, I would imagine that we do to kind of upset that and, and break that. But it seems to me that you have this ability when you're going through a challenging time or when you're just, you know, to you're also listening. So yeah. do you kind of have like, is that, or do you feel you're sort of switched on pretty consistently. And then I would imagine it's also because you have really good spiritual hygiene that would assist you with that. Yeah, I, I do feel like I'm pretty much on most of the times um, in which I can hold two energies within me, the experience that I'm feeling in the emotions, but as well, like I'm pulling in such a current of that um, higher self kind of soul connection, that, that awareness level, whether that's coming from my guides or actually whatever, that I'm able to, even while I'm running that current of pain, understand and have a knowing that this is for a reason. And I think that's what's really helped me is each experience, even if I had one actually last week, 
I go, oh, thank, I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I learned so much from that. What was very painful experience. I know why it happened. And I think that's something that's helpful is understanding why we're experiencing what we're experiencing and then giving gratitude for it. And then, you know, saying, okay, I understand, you know, what I'm supposed to be learning from this. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to move forward in a higher vibration from it or a higher light with it. So I think giving gratitude for when we are in that spiral and, and also knowing that, that, that is the ebb and flow that the beauty is in the, you know, the beauty is in the chaos all at the same time, while it's in the calmness and the peace. Um, because for me at first, and I don't know if you experienced this as well, but when I first started off, I remember going, okay, like I know that I have this connection to spirit. So everything should be good now. Right. Like I shouldn't struggle with the the mental stuff or, yeah. you know, with, you know, my self-esteem or anything like that. And it was like, oh, chaos was still happening. And so I wasn't spiritual enough in my mind. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not creating this utopian experience around me. What, what, what more do I need to do? How much more do I need to meditate? How many more people do I need to cut out of my life? You know, who are the problem, but really it's this balance of boundaries and then boundaries with yourself. And then also knowing that the peace that we're seeking is and the spiritualness is just as there, just there, regardless if it looks stormy around you or if it just looks beautiful. And that neutrality is like the next step. Then I felt like I got to like, after imagining perfection, then I got to neutrality. And that's where I feel like we can have that awareness of riding the wave. Oh, that's so beautiful. I don't know if, have you read the book, the Moses code? No, I haven't. It's really good. Anyway, basically talks about, it's sort of about manifestation. I love how you wrote that down. It's about yeah. manifesting, but at at a certain point in the book, he basically says, okay, you don't have to read anymore, but if you read, continue to read, everything will be different for you now. And the idea is that you focus on a high, on what you actually want. And so yeah. when you're talking about neutrality, I was just thinking about peace. Peace for me is my ultimate goal because mm-hmm. when you have peace, you're kind of just happy with all that there is not happy. You're just, you're at peace, you know, almost neutrality, but with a sense of um, just no need for anything else. And he's basically talking about how, when you can identify what you really want, like the high value that you want peace or, or compassion or whatever, that when you can focus, then everything else falls into place underneath that, because it's not about these small little micro steps that we're taking to achieve certain things, you know, keeping up at the Joneses, it's whatnot. It's that overall arching feeling that we want. And I totally resonate with you when you're talking about almost that neutrality, because I feel that in the back of my mind, I always have that higher awareness that just knows that everything's just working out as it should. And I've got the ego that wants things to be happening at a different rate or wants to make things into a bigger problem than they are. But the higher self is that undercurrent that I have behind everything that's just aware of trusting the process and everything happening in divine timing when it should. When do you think you started taking responsibility for your life? Have you always been about that? And you also used the example earlier, you said you chose your parents. Some people would have a very difficult time with that. I I yeah. am on the same page with you on, on all of it, just for, for the record. Yeah. So, um, 
I got lost in the parents taking responsibility for my, okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't take, yeah, I didn't take responsibility for my life. If anything, um, I gave all my power away in a thought process of this is loving, but actually it was a way of not taking any responsibility. Um, so there's that fine balance there that finally, when I learned, Hey, I've been abdicating my entire life. Um, and my happiness to some other person who usually holds a higher energy, who holds a more controlling energy because it's easy for them to take that. Um, and then I played more of that kind of victim mentality for most of my life. And I had a lot of situations happen um, that could be perceived as, you know, victim or traumatic um, situations in my younger life. And it was very easy to stay in that painful narrative because, it also gave me a purpose and a reason for why I wasn't doing anything more. You know, look at what's happened to me. Look at this painful experience. And um, I could really sit in that energy and feel safe because I didn't have to do much more with it. You know, like that's why I don't go out. That's why I don't push myself because look at, I'm afraid of these things. Once I um, started going through my mental up and, you know, ups and downs in 2012, then with that experience, I think what happened in 2018, when I started seeing so clearly and hearing spirit, I, they were just calling me out. My guides very lovingly would call me out like, Hey, do you see what you're doing here? Um, do you see what, where, how you're processing this? And it took a long time and I still have to become aware of it, but to start taking responsibility that, um, Everything I'm doing is either it's creating, co-creating my reality at, at some point. I'm shading and putting a filter on all my experiences. Um, and I started to see when I shifted, my life changed. You know, I was having experiences and opportunities happen. And I was like, okay, like, I shouldn't be wearing this story as a badge of honor. What I should be wearing this story is how can I help other people who are experiencing the same things and, the, you know, the same um you know, because I can say I experienced this experience that was traumatic, but underneath it, it's all about worthiness and self-love or, um, you know, feeling as though I don't have control over my life. And so then I can then use that to help other people. And I think through my sessions as well, when I was doing sessions, I was like, my guides were telling people like, hey, you see that this problem is reoccurring because you're not, you're doing the same thing over and over and it's not about them, but it's about you. I learned at the same time when that was, those experiences were happening. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a big thing for me. Um, and then the parents, oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that can be triggering. Um, and I think that comes from um, just, you know, what my guides have stated, what I've also read and resonated with feels truthful and what happens in the Akashic records is that we choose parents that, um, are going to trigger the things about us that need to be cleared up karmically or that need to be healed or, um, you know, you can't see the light without the dark, right? So you have to have that contrast. Yeah. And I thought if my life was just simple and great and, you know, I didn't struggle with uh, my parents or um, religion or how I was brought up, I would never be in this situation I am now. Like what would make me become this person? I would, yeah. you know, I, what would have created that, you know, that toughness to make me have to overcome to know that I need to help other people. And so I can look at it in hindsight and say it was a blessing, but it doesn't validate or mm, it doesn't excuse anything that people have done to you or has happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 
I totally get that. And I understand. And I love how you're talking about how in order for us to experience, I remember, I don't know if it was in a book like Sylvia Brown's book or something, but basically there was a reference to, uh, you know, if we live in light all the time, how do we know we're in the light? So when we have to experience these other things, and you're right, you know, and I would, I would think that anyone listening to this show right now, that they would understand as well, that when things happen that are unfortunate and we're not saying it's okay. We're just saying that unfortunately these things happen. We have to accept that. We have to like it, but that they propel us to the next phase or the next stage, or, you know, like you were talking about, you know, you have this ability now to be able to help other people to find their way out of it because you've gone through that yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what it's all about. Isn't it? It's about how we can turn these things around. And I feel that, you know, our conversation is perfectly in sync um, to kind of back be on the end of some of the other episodes that I've had recently, because I've been, I've, I've had some major healings in the episode with Mark Anthony, which I would recommend anyone go listen to on Theta Healing. But one of the ones that I also talked about was um, my episode with Michelle Lee, and she was talking about compassion for our, I don't know, I can't remember if paraphrasing here, but compassion for shadow self or the things that we don't necessarily like about ourselves. And I love how when you're talking you give this impression that you're being kind to yourself as you would a friend and that yeah. you understand that your shortcomings, let's say, are just gifts for you to grow. And, you know, one of the things that I've struggled with um, is my, I feel that from a very young age, I always took responsibility. I always knew everything was my fault and think, but that was my challenge there. See, my language was about, I thought everything was my fault instead of my opportunity. And so it's been a long journey for me to kind of get to where I am today, which is, a you know, still growing, but I've, I've had so many revelations almost in the last couple of months as well, because I've kind of realizing, wait a minute, these are opportunities and gifts for me to be able to elevate and move forward. And if I didn't see the things that were triggering, or if I didn't see the things within myself that I want to work on, well, where would I be? They're all gifts. So how do you start to reframe that, that compassion for yourself? I mean, instead of berating yourself and, and are you able to do that pretty consistently now, or do you still sometimes have issues where you know better and you tell yourself as such? Um, I don't think I berate myself anymore. And if I do, I catch it pretty quickly. Um, I just become aware of the feeling that I have coming up and I go, okay, what's being triggered here? Um, because even if say I, you know, come out and I yell at my kids, I'm like, oh man, you know, they didn't deserve that. You know, I can feel a tightening in my, some somewhere in people's body, you're going to feel a shift. You're going to feel a tightening in your stomach or a, a lump in your heart or in your chest. And it's like, okay, hold on. What am I really feeling beyond this? And I've created, I've done this step so many times, it's almost second nature. And so it's just like anything else. It, when you learn it, you have to really think through the steps over and over. And now it's so second nature. Okay, what am I actually feeling? Well, you know, I, I'm feeling like I'm being taken advantage of. They don't care about me. Okay, what's really happening beyond that? I question myself, what's happening beyond that? Oh, well, you haven't given any time to yourself and you feel obligated to do something. And so that's leading you to feel irritated and that's leading you to lash out. Okay. I see what it is. And then I literally like, am like a, a mom to myself. I go, okay. It's all right. And I kind of like soothe myself. I take a moment and then I can go back out without holding that judgment to myself because 
when we judge ourselves in our worst moments or what we perceive to be our worst moments, we make it seem like it came out of nowhere when it didn't. It's like every event in my life has led me to react in this way at this exact moment in time. So it's like, I expect myself to be some sort of like, holy man, when my life hasn't led me to that exact emotional experience at that moment. So it's like, okay, why, why would I perceive myself to act in this perfect, you know, um, non-embodied spiritual, unconditional Christ consciousness light at all points when my life hasn't, my life, it makes sense that I would react like that because every decision that I made most of my life has been, let me help you. So I don't feel bad. And then you make me feel good about myself. And so I can understand and give compassion to myself because I understand why that happened in the first place, why I got mad in the first place. And that comes from daily meditation. That comes from connecting with my guides constantly. That comes from, you know, making the choice that I want to heal, but it also comes from being of service to other people. I think even if you don't consider yourself a, you know, this person who knows everything spiritually, and you're just like, oh, I kind of meditate you have a way to help others with what you already know, whether that be holding space or being a loving ear or being, you know, or showing them how to meditate or how you, how you meditate. When we're able to give back what we've learned, it creates more compassion for other people. And then we can have more compassion for ourselves in those moments. That's so beautiful. I can't wait till you write your book. We'll get you on the show, we'll promote it. I mean, you're just so bloody eloquent and you just listen. I just asked for a sign from spirit, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I had book wrote down. I received the sign. Yeah. I received the sign over and over again. Then another one of my friends reached out and said, oh, we should write a book together. And then I was talking right before I came on this podcast. My husband said, I saw you, I was in a vision and I saw you writing a book and getting signed. And so it's funny (laughs) that you would even say that. Yeah. Spirit. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And you're listening and that's the difference. And I think this book will be your own book, by the way. Yeah. And you may do a collaboration later, but I think people need to hear your voice. Um, Yeah. That's so wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about connecting with guides because you've mentioned it numerous times. One of the things that I, uh, I don't think I do regularly enough is connect with my guy. I mean, let me rephrase that. I talk to them every day. And I hear them and I give them credit when I get those really great aha moments, you know, where I'm like, oh, that's a great nugget. Thank you. Thank you. I know, you know, it's coming from source. I'm very clear on that. But I don't think that I spend as much time as I could be sitting and actually bridging that relationship. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you do that is a big part of just creating that habit and that intention. And also, do you ever ask your guides anything about them? Oh, yeah, all the time. So, um it's, it's having that choice to have that relationship and that daily like interaction is the first thing. Um, as well, I think just getting to know who they are and how they feel to you is so important for people who have never connected into their guides. It's like calling your guides in one by one. How do you feel? Are you masculine, female? How does, do you have a certain pressure on my body, a certain sensation and creating a name for them or hearing a name for them is important. And then, um, just setting that intention. Okay. This is, you know, Barbara, my intuitive guide. Now who's my main guide and putting names to it. So you can create more of a personality. Of course they don't have names, but creating that connection. And then like when I'm driving, I'll turn off the radio and I'll be like, okay, guides, anything you want to say. And I'll kind of, I'm in that zone where I get into those altered brainwaves where I can receive just like in meditation, but I'm still 
cognizant and aware of what's going on around me. Um, if I have a situation that comes up that I feel, you know, like emotional about, or I'm doubting, I always go to my guides. Help me, help me see this in a higher vibration. Help me see this from someplace different because right now I'm feeling really triggered. And so it takes a couple times of deep breathing and then I let them tell me the lesson from it. Um, I'm always asking questions. And that's the great thing is get curious and ask a whole lot of questions and your guides will come in and give you those answers in different ways because all my guides are different how they respond. So I really enjoy that. And then I always always use them in my readings. Um like tell me what's going on with them. So I think just like having a relationship, like you would check in with like a really, really tight, good friend. Um, like, what do you think's going on? You know, and I know how I can talk to certain ones and how certain ones will respond back to me and their personalities. Um, so that was, that's something that I feel is really helpful is just like keep talking to them and creating a relationship. Do you think that your guides are interchangeable? Like, do you have the ones that are consistent for you? And then the ones that kind of come in that assist you with different things. And yeah. what I really love about listening to you is you're so proactive. You're so self-aware you're taking and you're implementing, you're walking the talk, you're like going through the motions and doing again, the results. So it's just, you know, when I'm hearing you talk, you're going, no, I'm intentional that I have guides helping me and I'm bringing them in, inviting them in on a regular basis by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, I felt like it was necessary because I felt so alone and isolated in my mind um, that I needed a voice of reason, multiple voices of reasons coming in to kind of help me see it differently because, you know, from society standpoint, you really can't receive that kind of guidance when you turn on your TV or just read a book. I need interaction. I need you to tell me something and me to be able to ask a question back, clarify that for me because I don't get it. And so that was what's so important. That's why community is so important as well um, with people who are like-minded because unless you can ask questions freely and get responses back, you'll be stuck in this loop in your mind. So we, um, that's why I think connecting in with my spirit guides is so important because it actually helps me to stay sane talking to uh, other energies. But um, yeah, guides are interchangeable. So my main guides, I had like three main guides that I connected with. But as I continued on my journey, I added in a healing guide, a Reiki guide, an Akashic guide. Um, and then um, after that, more um, uh, light being guides and star guides who started coming in. And um, depending on what I'm going through or what I'm processing, I'll have different guides step forward. They showed it as a chessboard to me. Like at first you put your pawns out, not that my main guides are pawns, but you have to move your first thing. And then after that, you can move the other pieces when it makes sense. Um, so you have your first line, but then it's interchangeable, but mm -hmm. I don't, my main guide is there, but sometimes I don't feel her as much, but I'll call her in and she'll be right present. Um, just because she started off as my intuitive guide, but as I continued to go, I got a new guide for my intuition. Um, and so it goes in levels. And so sometimes I'll see her handing like the light over to my other higher guide um, who has a oh. different perspective. Yeah. And she's like, okay, go, go to her. Okay. Like we'll link you over there. So yeah, you can have guides come in and out depending on what you're going through and always call in new guides if you want them. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about you writing a book or even with marketing and things like that. So would you ever sit down and go, okay, I would like to call in any guys that can assist me with writing this book or marketing. And can you do it that intentionally and that casually, or do you think you have to sit in meditation, create a connection and make it a bigger thing? No, actually just today, my guides, and I was doing a session today 
um, for someone and they stopped me and said, just so you know, you don't need to do all this, all this, like, oh, like this big production. Yeah. It makes you feel comfortable. They said, there's no problem in doing it. Um, um, but they said, you don't need to do this. You're always connected. Uh, it's your belief in yourself of it, what is what and they said, but go ahead. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for jumping in and telling me that. Yeah. Um, so, but connecting into like business, like the course I did, it was a channeled course. Um, and my guides were like, we're not just, we don't want you just to teach intuition. The main thing is about healing. These people need to heal and you need to teach them how judgment and ego is going to come up. And so they went through each week, what was important, what wasn't important, what to include. And so that was really um, a big thing for me is you can channel um, and receive information on any kind of business venture or book um, just by like, you can go into the Akashic records, but you can just literally bring yourself. I always tell my um, students, bring yourself to your heart. That's where I link in. I don't link in, in my third eye. I bring everything here and I see it just coming through. And then I just hear a stream of like words. So I feel if you just want to receive information in that channeled kind of way by hearing your guides, it's getting into that meditative state and then allowing your heart to speak. I feel like um, I trust that those words and that language in that way. But the reason why I can get into it so quickly is because I created the habit. So all I have to do is take a like a second and do a couple breaths and my body already has shifted. My energy is like over here. But when you're first starting, you have to kind of go through those paths a little bit to create those pathways, those energetic pathways, so that it doesn't take so long. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I will say um, to you and also to our listener at home that one of the most amazing books is called The Keepers of the Light Codes. And it's by this woman named Rhiannon Hines. And she is all... When I first read this, you know, Layla, when you open that book and you go, this is everything I've ever been... I never understood the heart in the way that you've described it until I, I got this book and I read the first, you know, few pages. I'm just getting confirmation by the way, all over, but it, it was given to me in a way where I went, Oh my God, you're right. The heart is the portal. And I never knew it until I read that book. I heard it and I, you know, but I never knew it. And, um, and also I interviewed Rhiannon on the show for a listener at home. And I mean, I cry most of the, at the very beginning, spoiler alert, because it's just so, I was so moved by that book. It just was a game changer for me, but I love how you're talking about bringing it back to the heart because it's almost as though the heart is the filter, right? It filters through everything and it transmutes it all into, to love. Yes. And from that, you're not in that mental thinking, reaching. Yeah. You're just that perfect balance of that earth spiritual energy. And it's coming out as this, like, you know, this core radius and nothing, I don't feel like you can lie from your heart. So when people are like, how do I know if you're in your heart and all your awareness is there, it's very difficult to lie from that point or to trick yourself, like from the heart, only truth speaks. And so you just merely need to bring your awareness, like a core right there and then speak from there and you're good. I feel like you need to transcribe this and go back and see all your, you know, I hear tweetable moments. I think that's cringe, but you know, there's so many beautiful things that you said that uh, really could be, yeah, chapters for your book. Anyway, just, just a thought, cause it's just so beautiful the way you articulate yourself. Just before we kind of wrap here, let's talk a little bit about the Akashic records. So how do you define and describe the Akashic records and also how do you access them? 
So the Akashic Records is basically this just frequency and vibration that holds your soul's energy in it. Um, past, present, future timelines all at one. Um, and it holds, it's like this infinite potential to me. So it's like a Petri dish of just you know, anything can happen within it, depending on what you put in it to make it grow. Um, and you can also look at, you know, the past things that have happened in your life um, or other lives in the Akashic Records. So for me, it's just a vibrational frequency that holds records or information. My guides have actually shown it like Braille, like you can just feel it in the Ooh. records. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so they have made it seem like there's multiple different dimensions of records based upon what energy and frequency you're going into. So he said, some people can only receive so much information in their records because they're in this dim dimension of entry of the records, but there's multiple uh, dimensions wow. of the Akashic records based upon mm, the frequency that you're going in and the allowance of that high level kind of energy. How I enter the records is through um, Ashley Wood. She has a thing called Align Within. Um, and I think hers is the prayer of the new world. Um, and she works with the pinnacle, which is the Palladian energy. And so I took that class after I had already been entering the records with Dr. Linda Howe's um, book of how to enter the records. Oh. And then I took the class and it helped solidify some things for me. And so I just use Ashley Wood's um, prayer because it's actually easier um, to read than Dr. Linda Howe's, but both can get you into the records. Um, and my guides have really said, it's just an intention. You don't even have to say the prayer, um, yeah. but they said it's, it makes it easier. So that's how I go in um, to the Akashic records is with that prayer frequency. Yeah. So it's like you said, it's basically, we have access to this let's say pool of light, pool of energy, and all the information is in there. And you're just going, I'm going to jump in there. But really, we're kind of always accessing it, aren't we? Yes, because that's because it's everything. It's everything. And so they were just speaking everywhere. about, yes, they were just speaking earlier, like, you can, you can get to that same energy, depending upon through different religions, through your guides, through, you know, how you live your life, if it's heart center, but it's, it's all different ladders and some of them are more difficult, um, but you're all getting to the same point, to the same point of light, um, just in different ways. So some people are like, why do I need to go into the Akashic records? You don't, it just resonates well with me. And the frequency of information that comes through is how I work. But you could just do, you know, connect with your guides or connect in with your angels and receive readings that way or just yeah. your intuition. So good. Well, we are at the end of our time together, Layla. I mean, obviously, we could talk forever. So please come back on the show and let's talk about channeling. Maybe we can talk about the extraterrestrials and some fun yeah. things like that that we didn't get into. So <laughs> please do come back. And is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wanted to bring up? How can people get a hold of you? I will put... Uh, links to your your socials and such in the show notes as well but anything that you felt like you wanted to say before we wrap no not necessarily anything I wanted to say I guess um yeah I want to 
end with the focus, I guess, on the heart, uh, coming to the heart, trusting yourself, um, and sending yourself multiple and enormous amounts of love when we're moving through this journey and find a community that you can feel safe in, um, is one of the biggest and, um, most loving things that you can do for yourself in your life, whether you want to continue in a spiritual journey and do this work, um, in the spiritual world, or if you just want to feel more fulfilled and connected to your soul light. And then you can find me on Instagram. It's Layla.L.Taylor. Um, and then I, my website, which is LaylaTaylor.com. And that's L-A-I-L-A. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. I loved our chat today. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.